0: It's a draw! It's a draw! And then she gets it back! Oh, you're kidding me! And the Sunshine Coast Lightning have achieved the
1: unthinkable! Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Inner Circle. Sherelle McMahon with you as. This Netball legend, Bianca Chatfield.
0: be Hi. You're, you don't like that, title <laughs> No, not, not sitting next to you. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Uh, uh, anyway, we got such great feedback last week on our interview with Marnie, the CEO of Netball Australia. If you haven't listened to it already, do go back and have a listen because I found it really fascinating and hopefully our special guest today is... Just as fascinating, even more, and giving us a bit of an insight into that Australian netball team that was named for the World Cup on the weekend.
1: That's right. And, you know, it is great to get a a little bit of insight from people that, you know, and spend a bit more time. Often the the interviews we hear are really quick. So we'll get into all the detail around that with Lisa later. I'm really looking forward to that. And it has been a massive week um, in Australian netball. But first, B, I do have to ask you, you've got the big freeze coming up. You're sliding into the ice bath. (laughs) Has the outfit been decided? Oh,
0: not really. I've got to go to a costume. I'm so (laughs) stressed about it. And do you know what else I'm stressed about? (laughs) And this is not a bad thing. It's like a first world problem. But we uh, got a Logies invite as well. And oh, so I'm thinking beam. that outfit, like what am I going to wear to that? Oh, and outfits. what am I going to wear down the slide? And I know it's a first world problem, but the slide is on Monday. So I've got to go to a costume shop and just try on some stuff. Right. I'm not a big dress up party person. But no,
1: no, you never have to anyway, anyway, that's what you'll have we'll to get into. Gee, I wonder yeah. if Lisa Alexander has got
0: there. Outfit, sort of, for the World Cup. Oh yeah, see, I love a good outfit see? chat because, do you know? You I go. remember Lisa at Com Games in 2014 in Glasgow. We had these horrendous knitted jumpers that were green and gold, <laughs> and it was a bit of a retro look. Yes, I remember it. I every so we get like you know you get hundreds of pieces of different clothing, and you can put it all together and mix and match it, and you've got your formal outfit and you've got your casual outfit, and and so for the. The coaches would wear different outfits during the games and so I dared Lisa one game <laughs> to wear the retro jumper and talked it up like it was Amazing. you know pretty cool to wear and then she just got smashed on social media and so I was like I'm sorry she's never forgiven you. We thought that was funny and like as a team we all thought it was great that she was getting on board and making oh. us laugh and anyway I don't think she'd be pulling that one out for the World Cup.
1: No, no, that's right. Um <laughs> Okay, let's get into it because the Australian Diamonds were announced uh, during the week and how exciting was it to see those athletes who have been named into that team? Uh, I think it's an incredibly strong group. I think there's lots of flexibility across the group and um, I I love the way they go about their netball. I I think each of those individuals in the team brings something a little bit different and um, I don't know, there's there's a grit about them that I really like as individuals. So now it's about bringing that all together. Yeah.
0: The, the surprises, um, well, there's always going to be surprises. There's always going to be disappointed people that miss out. And um, I think for me, I have not seen a lot of, New South Wales Swifts this year, so I know they've been playing really well. I've only caught bits and pieces of their games, um, but I really can't wait to watch Sarah Clow. You know, I I saw a bit of her playing against the Vixens, and she was impressive. And for her to just skyrocket herself into that team, uh, it's a huge opportunity for her, and I really uh, can't wait to watch her out there.
1: Yeah, and you know, I actually think that. up both ends of the court in particular, it's a really balanced lineup. There's a lot of positions that can be covered. And I've got a question for you because the mid-court, there's been a lot of discussion around that mid-court. Um, and always in a team that's been announced like this, there's a skew in the mid-court to either attack or defence. Now, yes. this has a very obvious skew to the attack end. And I thought, gee, that's interesting. I wonder how much time these four mid-quarters – that have been named in the Aussie Diamonds have actually spent in the wing defence position. So why is
0: wing defence always forgotten? Oh, well, <laughs> Even at Aussie has level, it,
1: has it been forgotten? Because um, I did my maths. Be I went. I went back over wow. and the four. Di- the four mid quarters have played ninety six quarters between them in the first six rounds of SSN. Yep. ninety six quarters. Of those ninety six quarters. Four have been played in wing defence, and that was by Jamie Lee Price against the Vixens back in round two. Now, your backup wing defence probably, Joe Weston and April Branley, no quarters in wing defence. So my burning question to you is would you feel nervous going into a major tournament without any of the
0: players spending
1: more time in that really... Actually, very important position.
0: Well, yeah, and it is a very important position, especially as a goal defence goalkeeper. You know you need a wing defence to be able to help slow down the momentum, be able to track plays in certain directions where you need them to be. Um, yeah, it's a really important position. That stat surprises me greatly. And that Vixens-Giants game was not a great game for the Giants either. It wasn't, you know, like Jamie Lee Price had the best four quarters of her life in wing defence. Um I think in support of probably Lisa and the selectors, I imagine they've seen her at Wing Defence do a lot more than what we have this year in Super Netball, as in they have a selection camp that none of us are privy to as what, mm. what happened in January when they're all up there. The combinations that they've obviously thrown around in there. Um, I, I feel like they've made a very educated decision on why Jamie Lee Price is there. Uh, and I probably, if they had their way, they would probably want Giants to be putting Jamie Lee Price in wing defence for the all of Super Netball if they could have their way, uh, but they, they can't do that. They can't influence what Super Netball does. You know, they can have maybe a slight influence. So, you know, I think it's a fascinating stat, and I'm glad you've done your research, Sherelle. I don't have an answer for it, but I just feel like there has to be more to it than just that.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm certainly not saying that it's uh – Jamie Lee Price should come out of that team either. You know, I look at the team that's been announced and it is almost impossible to mount an argument as to why one player that was was that's selected right. should be out of the team. It's almost impossible. And on yep. the flip side of that, you could mount very good arguments for almost every athlete that's been left out as to I why they know. should be in. And that's why it's so hard. But, um, you know, I look at that midcourt, as I said, it's skewed heavily to the, the attack end. Um, I, I do like that, though, because, you know, we, we've got two effectively specialist wing attacks, although both Kelsey and Liz can swing across to that centre position, but they're playing a majority of their time in wing attack, but they play it very differently. Mm. You know, Liz Watson's a very strong player and can take the body um, and deliver that ball really well. Kelsey, um, you know, gets a bit more depth and frees herself off that body a little bit more and finds different spaces to Liz. So, Wing attack is a crucial position in how your attack end is set up and mm. the way you actually operate. And so I, I really like that that position can be switched and then it will totally change. The look of the attack end.
0: Yeah. No, I I, I agree with you. I, I think it all comes down to, un- unfortunately, it comes down to when you get to the World Cup and you're playing day in, day out, it's just you need the bodies to stand up to it. You need the players to be fit. You need the players yeah. to be strong. And you just have to cross your fingers that you get no injuries along the way, um, because that's what really throws a curveball in there. And I know they'll be taking training partners away with them. I'm not sure how many, um, mm-hmm. but... F- You can't add your training partners in during the World Cup. It has to be before it happens. So have you ever been a training partner?
1: No, I haven't. It
0: is like the – I actually see it as like the best kind of punishment I ever went through (laughs) because it is so so brutal having it all in front of you, travelling away with the team, blah, blah, blah. But it actually kicks you into gear, into go, I never want to be in this position again. So Uh, whoever is in that training partner position, it is not ideal and my heart goes out to you, but – Hopefully, it just spurs you on to make sure that next time there's a World Cup selection that you are in that team. Yeah, and
1: touchwood, hopefully nothing goes wrong. But you just never know. This is a very no, you never pick. know there's a lot of netball that has to be played until the World Cup actually starts. So, yes. Uh, you know, having your minds and your body switched on to being ready to go on that slight chance that there's still an opportunity
0: is, is important. Now on to Super Netball, we had another draw, Cheryl. Can you believe it? What <laughs> fever! <laughs> I thought they'd learnt their lesson from the previous draw. <laughs> Then they did okay against Collingwood, but to go back and have another draw, oh, that must be killing them. Yeah,
1: that would be absolutely brutal for them. They're, they're still uh, searching for that, that final piece of the puzzle to, to get themselves over the line. And it was an amazing game, actually.
0: Really incredible game. So physical, um, which I love. Of now, I said Sunshine Coast Lightning were the real deal, and I still think they are, <laughs> but your Vixens girls went up and absolutely smashed them. On the weekend. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Th- well, it wasn't the start we were after. That's no, sure it win. wasn't a good
0: start by the reason.
1: But look, what happened? I think probably we, we did a little bit of review and, and work on different areas that we needed to address without going into coach speak too much, Bea. Um, But I think we reflected on the game against the Swiss and we just went away from the things that this group does really well and that was forced in some ways by the Swiss because they played very very well Um, but there was just a bit of a refocus on the things that we needed to do Um, and there's still work to do there's still you know too many turnovers and we want to put more pressure on um, in defense so there's still still some things that we'll continue to tinker with that that's but it was a good win the first one up on the Sunshine Coast for the Vixens yeah
0: and you know and I know we're both former Vixens players, but the thing that stood out to me was just the power of the mindset that the girls had. Because Kate Maloney and Emily Mannix missed out on playing, being in the Diamonds team. And what it looked like from my point of view was that every single person in that Vixens team got together and were like we've got your back we're going to do it together as a team you know you might have had a disappointment this week but let's go out there and do something amazing and let's just go out there and try and win this premiership you know that's the feeling I got from the outside and I think that's a really powerful thing to do because those girls would have been hurting it would have been a really tough week for them Um, but you can't do anything else other than go out there and play your absolute best netball on you know the biggest stage yeah
1: and and that's that's the thing about that selection and the timing of that selection, how it affected athletes leading in, how it was always going to affect athletes leading out. And, uh, you know, I guess we'll continue to see the strength uh, of those players, both who are in and out of the team because yeah. it's it's different emotions that you have to deal with, that's for sure. Hey, B, am actually looking out the window and I can see Lisa Alexander. <laughs> Our guest has already arrived. I just wanted to ask you one quick thing before we move on. The coach of the English Roses Tracy Neville has announced that she will be finishing up in her position after the World Cup. Now, there's been a little bit of talk about whether that was the right thing to do or whether she should have waited, whether it's a good thing to have the emphasis on that now which might motivate the team or will it take the attention away too much? Mm. What's what's your view on that? Well, I
0: don't – look – good on her for announcing it now in terms of helping them find the next coach you know giving them enough time it probably doesn't need to be a public thing that you you say it look I I'm not for people making announcements before a major tournament because why would you want any extra attention on yourself why would you want any you know that feeling of like oh we've got to win it for the coach like the team should just want to win it Mm -hmm. um so I yeah I would question that but she's obviously got her reasons what do you think do you think it was a good idea
1: um I'm a bit either way about it to be honest I know some people are quite passionately you know heard Liz Ellis I've heard her speak about this before that when she retired she liked that she waited till after because so it wasn't about her during that um, World Cup so you know pe- people are quite passionate about it for me I just think you do what's right and yeah I think As long as they're a very confident team, this English team. Yeah. And it feels like they've been out there right through the Commonwealth Games. They were spruiking that they were going to win this gold medal. They're spruiking now that they're going to go again. And do they care whether the extra pressure is on them because it's the last tournament for their coach? I don't think so. I think it quite (laughs) motivates them actually. So... Anyway, it's an interesting one for me. But um, B, we're, we're just going to move on because Lisa's <laughs> okay. tapping on that All window right. now and we, we really <laughs> want to get into this chat with her. So stay with us because very shortly we will have in the studio with us Lisa Alexander, the coach of the Australian Diamonds. Welcome back to the Inner Circle. Bianca, I am so excited about our next guest. We've obviously been spooking it and... We have been wanting to get the coach of the Australian Diamonds on since we began this podcast a couple of weeks ago, so I am very, very excited to say hello to the coach of the Australian Diamonds, Lisa Alexander.
2: Hi, Lisa. Hello, Sherelle and Bianca. Lovely to see you both. Well, look <laughs> at you. You're colour appropriate in your gold jacket. <laughs> yes. Um, a bit of a mustard number. Got this in Berlin last year and we yeah definitely chose it for our Aussie colours, so... Yeah, I I kind of like it. It's nice and warm and, uh, you know, particularly Melbourne at the moment, it's so freezing cold. So. Have you got your World Cup outfit sorted? No, not yet. Uh, we're still in the process of going through that uh, and that is a process in itself. <laughs> I've actually um, handballed that to uh, my specialist coaches, um, Claire Ferguson yep. and also Megan Anderson. So they're taking control of that. <laughs> With Julie Richardson, our team manager, overseeing it. Because
1: green and gold is quite tough to put
2: together in a little outfit,
1: (laughs) isn't it? They didn't think about that when they went with green and gold. Yeah, and I
2: think, um, you know, I know that people have criticised our navy suits that we've had, but we felt that that was appropriate at the time. And many of the national team coaches in the other sports, and particularly the male sports, wore navy suits as well. Um so yeah it's always you, you just really want to you want to look great um you want to look but you want to be comfortable as well in what yes. you're doing and um I'm not one for dresses on the side of the court probably because I feel like I'm I don't know, maybe I could run out and play. I don't know. But, um, the pa- or, or I shift around a bit. So I, I kind of like the comfort of the pants. Um, so I think you'll see something like that and probably some, hopefully some green. There's a lot of nice greens around at the yeah, moment. Yeah, there is fashion, actually. So. And so
1: anyone listening, the... The uniform is still up for grabs, so if you've yeah. got any ideas, any brands, <laughs> any, any stylists out there, which way they should go, send them in, and we'll be sure to pass them on. Now, Lise, um, let's get into it because it's been a huge, well, couple of months for you, um, and the recent week announcing the team. What's the overwhelming feeling for you post that?
2: Oh, look, it's it's great that the team's actually announced, so you can really you know put your efforts into the planning, and you know we've had a lot of emphasis on selection prior to. Uh, the date we announce the team, but now we can really put our heads down about the program leading into Liverpool, uh, getting our camp right, suiting it to the strengths of our group. And, you know, obviously we've had to do a lot of pre-planning before that. And uh, really what we've got to concentrate on in this period of time is just getting all of those really high performance details right with all the athletes. Um, And that will include the training partners as well, which We'll announce in a in a week's time. Um, and while I'm on it, the training partners. It makes it um, sound like they're junior athletes. They certainly are not. It's not a development type of idea like it is more so in SunCorp Super Netball. These are actually our next athletes in if we have an injury. So it's really important that they are a part of the journey as well of preparing the team and where we pride ourselves on you know the trademark of sisters in arms and and putting the team first and even though the individuals are really disappointed in missing out on the team their focus is on assuring and making sure that they support their teammates in getting as well prepared for Liverpool as possible.
0: And how many training partners, so you've picked a team of 12, and then how many training
2: partners do you take with you to Liverpool? We can take up to four, that's what our budget allows us to do, and um, those training partners are part of, as I said before, replacements that can go in if we have an injury to one of uh, our team members, and that can happen right up until the day before the tournament starts. So that's why they travel over to our training camp in Manchester as well, and uh, then it's once the tournament starts, that's, yeah, that's it. it. We haven't, yeah. we can't change. So yeah. you know, hence all the pre planning about the team and making sure we have all our positional coverage happening as well. Yeah.
0: And being a training partner, I've been at a few times and it's one of the hardest positions to be in because of course you want to be in the team. You go over there, you train with the girls, you see them getting excited for what's about to come.
1: You try not to hope there's an injury. Tr- yeah,
0: that's right. You're trying to support them and yeah, it is a really tough position to be in. So I imagine it's, you have to be quite, um, I guess, selective on the girls that you take over there, that they're in the right headspace. Would that be right, in to go over there and be that supportive training partner?
2: Yeah, I think so. And obviously, you know, each of the players that have been offered those positions have had a, a chance to think about that and to go through a process of working that through for themselves. But, you know, what I, I guess we've tried to really create over this past, you know, the eight years that I've been in, in this position is that we're only as strong as our squad. And, um, you know, Claire Ferguson put it really well in terms of, you know, she knew what it was like to have to support Julie Corletto back in 2015. And, you know, we knew that Julie Corletto's injury was, you know, touch and go, whether she'd make it through. And so, you know, Claire really felt... Um, even more so that she had more of a chance of perhaps making that team and being a part of that uh, team in Sydney. However, once the tournament started, I think she felt a real sense of she'd really contributed to that Mm. gold medal win. And we're really – I think that that's what's been created with this group in in terms of the strength of the squad. It is about um, our squad will win a gold medal in Liverpool – um, because of the strength of that squad yeah. and the mm-hmm. fact that those players that are not in the team are such fantastic individual players in their own right and could be in the team, but they've really contributed to that result as well. And so, I love and
1: I love that confidence. It's great to hear that coming from you as well and, and I absolutely agree. It is such a strong squad right across the board. I think for me, one last question before we focus on the team that's actually going. Yeah. Um, there's a process... Uh, that happens after those selections for the players who aren't successful in making the team in terms of uh, feedback sessions. Ha- how has that process yeah, can been? You outline what, that? Yeah, t- tell us what it is, first of all, and yeah. and how it's gone. Uh,
2: what we do is once the selection's made, the selectors and I sit together and put together what we think are important points for each of the athletes mm-hmm. in terms of feedback to give them um, as honest a picture of where we see them sitting at this very time and also to help them to work on some things that we think are important for them to continue to improve or to make their way into a team at the next opportunity. Mm -hmm. So it's always about that growth mindset of getting better. Um, And Whilst also acknowledging that some of them, well, you know, all of those players, as I've just said before, are doing really, really well in in SunCorp Super Netball as well. So, you know, there's that, I guess, fine line between giving players um, really positive messages and saying, you know, you've done you've done a great job, you've ticked all those boxes. We just want to see this. And it's giving that really, I guess, honest message about what it is that we see they need to improve. Um, I give it's a process of making sure we've given two time slots as well, so that um, the players can prepare themselves for that conversation. I have my specialist coaches, one of them um, on the phone as well, mm-hmm. so a bit like we do the selection process, where Angie Bain, our well-being manager, is on the phone with me when I'm, you know, announcing to that player whether they're in or out of the squad mm-hmm. uh, team. Um, so the specialist coaches are there too to provide just that extra support and extra um, feedback mm-hmm. as well to assist the athlete. And, you know, really for us to be united together as a coaching team about the messages that we're giving each of those players. Um, so we prepare for that quite diligently as you can imagine Um, and it's been also a really good process for Claire and for Megan to I guess listen to the way that I go about giving feedback Mm. to athletes so that it's a a professional development uh, opportunity for them as younger coaches on their way in their coaching journey so uh, a tough gig um, Mm. and you know the players can ask questions and clarify things and also, you know, we might discuss if they've been offered a training partner uh, position, what that means, and how they're going to move forward from this point on.
0: Let's talk about the selection process. I flagged it the other day about let's have a reality TV show where we mark you all up as selectors and follow you around with cameras, because even as players, we don't actually know what's discussed, and you know, we know you're obviously looking at our games and you watch way more than probably people realise, but. From when did the selection process start for this World Cup team? Because I think, especially everyone last weekend, thought it was all about whatever happened in Super Netball last weekend, which I know it's
2: not. But can you talk us through how you actually do it? Yeah, look, it's probably a process that started immediately after the World Cup, to be honest. So we have, you know, that sense so that of long twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a cycle plan for uh, what we're doing, and of course, that cycle was all about. Com Games last year so 218 and then also obviously World Cup so it has a four-year process in place and so that's why it's a great thing to have that consistency of selectors over that time. So what we're doing is we're assessing individual athletes um, in all of their match play that we do and we give them performance ratings in each of those matches so that's international as well as Suncorp yep. Super Netball or ANZ Champs back so in the day. Anytime they take the court, you are assessing their performance. Yeah, that's right. And then we collate all of that in our um, wonderful athlete management system where we collate all those rankings and ratings together. Ooh, wouldn't you that- like to get hold of that? <laughs> <laughs> and that forms part of the – it's not the entire part of the conversation. You still – we still have those um, – Different times. It might be monthly catch-ups where we discuss um, what we're thinking around putting that team together. Um, Obviously, it's the construction of a team that we think is going to play well together, are connected, have had experience together. Um, Other elements like if we're bringing in a new athlete into that group, how that's gone, have they had enough time to embed themselves and learn about the Diamond's way of playing? Um, And also all the elements of high performance behaviours that we want to see so that, you know, it's not just about playing well out on the court, it's about how they do their preparation in the gym. Are they working at their capacity um, in the gym as well, doing their strength work, doing their conditioning work? Are they taking care of their nutritional status outside? So it's a holistic um, program that we go through. And that's part of their individual athlete performance plans, which I discuss with their coaches of Mm -hmm. their um, super netball franchises. And so that feedback is quite continuous around, you know, particularly when we've had a test series or we've had a camp, the athletes will get feedback. The coaches will get feedback about the elements that they need to keep working on within their team structure as well. So that's the, that's the, I guess, complicated thing about netball is that the players have got their expectations and roles they need to play at their Suncorp Super Netball Clubs and then there might be slight differences or things that we want to emphasise in um, international netball Mostly they come together quite nicely, but sometimes we have to talk through a few things that you know where there's a bit of difference on both sides. But that's you know that's a normal thing in a robust system. Um, so the selectors and I have had you know basically weekly meetings since the start of Suncorp Super Netball discussing and fine tuning what we think is going to be the best team to represent us um, in Liverpool into.
0: Nineteen. Um, so I've got two questions for you. So, uh, with what happened at Com Games last year, did that change
2: your thinking at all? Not winning that tournament. Uh, look, it did. It, it, it definitely brought our attention to the fact that we needed to change a a few things within our program, not necessarily around the players um, because, you know, we probably would have changed some of our selections this time last year for Constellation Cup and um, also for Quad Series Mm -hmm. and we didn't change our team. Then we had, obviously, Kim Revillian Step down um, just to have a break and that gave us an opportunity to give to other athletes an opportunity as well. So it's a matter of um, you're always, I guess you're calling yourself, it's a bit of like a, being a constant gardener. You've got to keep um, refreshing your group with the new ones coming in to test them out as well and to give them an opportunity to see where you might go. So that's that tinkering around with improving our squad and our outcomes as a team and who might gel together with our group in that international setting as well. So we've got to marry that with the unknown quantity of, say, a Sarah Clow who hasn't been in our group other than a couple of squad camps. That They're the sorts of decisions that we need to make as a selection panel. Is that worth the risk, I guess you call it, uh, or is it an opportunity to strengthen what we what we already yeah. have, and that's you know that's always the weighing up decision making that we have to do. And then in the lead up, sorry, Cheryl, I'm just taking over.
0: <laughs> in the lead up to last weekend, where you know everyone knew the team was about to be named, how many positions do you have locked away, and how many are you are you still debating?
2: are uh, we we I guess probably if you. If I think back historically to what we'd already talked about, we probably had three quarters of the group we had pretty much in place and what we considered to be, you know, our top seven at this stage. Um, And that was then compared to the international competition we need to play. And so what we did then was work through a process of how we would match ourselves against an England and New Zealand so was it handy that they'd named their teams prior? Yeah, look, it was. We probably would have done a prediction anyway, yeah. and um, because I've got a, a quite a good network around, I tend to have a um, a pretty good idea of of what's happening with those selections, and you know that's part of developing, I guess, your ability as a head coach in a in an international setting is that you have a good idea hopefully around what each country is going to put out on court so you can you can see what they've been doing and what they've been creating in their program so you've got a bit of an idea about what they might put together for their opposition so yes it was great that we knew Um, South Africa I don't think would have been much different to what we would have you know, even if it hadn't have been announced. New Zealand was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. There were a few surprises there. And England, we just weren't sure about a couple of positions, but overall we knew roughly who was going to be in. So we have to go through that process of checking off and that helps us to make that final decision around who we're going to put into the team.
1: Lisa, I wanted to take you back into the Diamonds camp um, and the midcourt specifically. Um I was just having a little bit of a look at where they've been playing their Suncorp Super Netball and the four mid-quarters, stick with me on this stat, four mid-quarters have played 96 quarters between them in the first six rounds and only four of them have been in wing defence and that's Jamie Lee Price against the Vixens. Um, Do you try and influence the SSN coaches as to where, now that you've made your selections, as to where they're playing their netball and try and get them a little bit more time in that wing defence position or do you feel like you can let that run and then pick it up yeah, on look, the back end of Suncourt?
2: It's a great question and ideally, you know, we'd love Jamie Lee playing a little bit more wing defence at the moment um, and I'm assuming that's what you're asking about. So we um, we have influence. I can, you know, pick up the phone and ask Julie to put her into wing defence but, I of course, you know, they they've got their requirements at their club as well. The good thing is, though... In the training environment, that's where Jamie Lee will be getting a lot of her wing defence practice and, um, you know, that is as good as we can get at the moment. It's not ideal but certainly, you know, we're very happy that she's also developing her centre game in um, Suncorp Super Netball so that really adds to that variety that we have in our group.
1: And as an extension
2: of that relationship you have with the
1: Suncorp Super Netball teams, it's, it's really strong, isn't it? I think perhaps in years gone by maybe not so strong because you do have really differing uh, needs and you're trying to peak at very different times you've got different focuses that you want to go on but you have been there and your assistant coaches have been there with the teams right throughout the the Suncourt Super Netball so that is obviously a really important thing for you isn't
2: it? Oh absolutely for our for us to succeed we, we have to have the Suncorp Super Netball clubs backing us and, you know, doing all the things that they need to do to prepare the athletes in the best way possible for this tournament. And we know sometimes, it, you know, it's, it's um, counter to, you know, playing weekly can be different to mm-hmm. what well, very- we have. Um, so there can be slightly different emphasis. But we try to find a way where we can see some common ground and some improvements that can come from for both um and you know our clubs have been really supportive around ensuring that the athletes are getting what they need because at the end of the day they're at the center of this Mm -hmm. they want not only to play well for their Suncorp Super Netball team and win of course but they also want to play well for the Diamonds and win a World Cup so they're the ones that have to be at the center of all of our discussions and I think that's what I'm really impressed with around our country is how um, professional and so much integrity there is in our head coaches around mm. that bigger goal as well as having to worry about what they've, you know, what they're doing in their own franchises. And it's it's not easy, but it's, I think, a wonderful system that really kind of supports each other too so that you know the diamonds are doing well that's great for australian netball Mm. but that's also great for the suncorp super netball as well so i think we've got you know definitely together we can be stronger.
0: And you go into club land as well, don't you? That's part of your role as the Aussie coach. And I th- I think when you first took on the job, that was one thing that you wanted to emphasise more, put more time into, was actually going and spending time with the girls within their club so you understood what they were doing and what they were going through.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, I get to coach the team, I think it's six weeks of the year overall directly. So the rest of that time is is really important that I spend in uh, as much as I can, Suncorp Super Netball Land, and assisting, being sort of like a support and assistant coach for those, you know, for the for the team. So I'll be going over to Perth this weekend um, to work with Stacey Marinkovich, and you know, we'll probably, I probably won't get a lot of time on court with Courtney or anything like that. But it's just, you know, we'll sit down, we'll have a meeting about this next phase, a couple of things that we want. Courtney to keep working on and that we've also got Jess Ants to see over in that squad so it's providing feedback also directly to Stacey and just talking through what her challenges are at this time so providing that support for her as a coach.
0: So you'll sit down with Stacey and Courtney together and talk about what you want out of her game and how it marries in with what Fever wants?
2: Absolutely. And how they want to play. Yeah, and of course, you know, Courtney's had, um, you know, her, her uh, arm issue, yeah. and our medical staff have, have been right across that, working together collaboratively on ensuring that she's back on court playing um, within the realms of, of getting better and also the fact that she's, you know, getting a chance to get out there and get prepared uh, for a World Cup. Lise, do
1: you you change your approach on the back of your experience at the Commonwealth Games in terms of managing the load
2: of the players during the tournament? Yeah, really good question, Sherelle. Well done. Um, we <laughs> well certainly done. we <laughs> certainly have. Um, look, I think we went into that tournament so concerned about um, making sure the athletes didn't get injured, ready for Sun Cup Super Net, but we probably went too far one way, right. where we were trying to protect the athletes and so you know our load management was if you looked at it and, and as a matrix you would have said it's perfect mm. um, whereas I think feedback from after the tournament and this is coming from you know our senior athletes and of course you know I'm not going to not listen to what they have to say felt that they needed more preparation on having full games So that's what we'll have a focus on for World Cup so that they feel it's not so much physically, but I think it's mentally. They need that practice of putting four quarters together Mm -hmm. um, so that they can really develop their concentration skills their mental toughness skills. So it's more around the mind part Mm -hmm. of the game rather than physically. Physically, they can do it. Um, there's also a couple of things we need to make sure we reset when we get into camp because we've really got to concentrate on 15 minutes uh, because they're not going to get breaks. And yeah. they just get a little bit comfortable with having that timeout. Yes,
1: because and to clarify, the, the rules are different for Suncorp Super Netball. You don't have the ability to call the tactical timeouts in international netball.
2: No, you don't. And, look, you can still do your 30-second injury Changeovers, Mm -hmm. which you know, that's always a bit up in the air. People, how people use that, Mm -hmm. Um, but our timeouts are there primarily to change momentum and also to speak to the group Mm -hmm. about changing strategies or tactics or just having a breather. Um, New Zealand used to use it against us really well because they would break Mm -hmm. because we had an advantage. We would be able to maintain Mm -hmm. our physical intensity for fifteen minutes. They struggled with that more so these days they're much fitter mm. i have to say so it's not such an issue but in those days they really disrupted our momentum so we've got to we've got to reset our minds around a 15 mm. minute concentrated period of work
1: yeah and no doubt that'll be a challenge B we, we've run out of time almost already. I can't believe it. But, Lisa, I did just want to um, get a little bit of insight. You you mentioned it a little bit with the players returning back into Suncourt Super Netball and hopefully you handing them players back in good condition uh, physically and mentally. Uh, what What is the process? What do they do? They, they play their final game in a couple of weeks. What's the process leading into the World Cup and then when they're returning home?
2: Yeah, it's uh, very set now. We've communicated all of that to our clubs way, way back um, um, so, everyone's set. So, each club will have their own way of, um, particularly at the end, how they want their athletes returned. So, all of the athletes will be returning after the tournament on the Monday after the final. So, that's all been set. Um beforehand we're going to have our players come directly into camp. Some of them may get a little bit of time at home, but most of them are starting on that Monday with us in camp and they'll be finished by the Friday. We'll give them a weekend off because we know they want to have just a weekend at home just Mm -hmm. to get sorted and organised. They'll have a couple of days of training back in their club environments. So that's when, you know, I can't be everywhere. So that's when our Suncorp Super Netball coaches really assist because there's a couple of court work sessions that need to be taken there. And then we head off on the plane to Manchester where we have a week's preparation camp um, and then into Liverpool. So it's really short and sharp Uh, we have to yeah so we have to hit the ground running and that's why you know in this little period of time now we'll have a couple of catch-ups with our different areas Claire will have a little zoom conference with the defenders Uh, Megan will have a little zoom conference with the goalers and I'll be chatting to the centre courts as well just to talk about a couple of the strategies we want to make sure we hit the ground running when we're into camp
0: um finally from me lise the team you've selected it can be heavily debated on social media everyone has their opinions but i want to know what excites you the most about that group of girls that you've got
2: oh look i'm really excited about the powerful nature of this group um i can't wait to see them out on court together and um i think they're a really tough group physically as well um i think you know, we're going to see some great creativity together. There's some, been some great improvements in some of those players even, you know, in the last 12 months that have been selected. So putting it all together is what I'm looking forward to most. Yeah, awesome. Well, Lisa, that
1: is so great. Um, and again, I think I say this every week. We could keep talking to you for hours. Maybe <laughs> we'll have you back on another time, Lisa, and check in with how you're going. But thank you so much for spending the time with us on the Inner Circle. We really appreciate it. And all the very best over these next couple of weeks and, of course, at the World Cup. Well, there you have it. How exciting to get an insight into the mind of the Australian
0: Diamonds coach, Lisa Alexander. She's
1: impressive as always, but she gave us some real insight into what's been happening. Yeah,
0: and one thing that I just think about listening to Lisa and anything that we threw at her, there's just her calmness amongst (laughs) all. All the chaos that when you you know, you know listen to everybody and talk about the Australian netball team, everyone's got their opinions and everyone's going crazy with who should be in there. But Lisa has a plan. And I think that's the most important thing that we all just now have to trust in the process that yeah. she's gone through. And really, the only thing, time will tell. Whatever happens at the World Cup, that will be probably the thing that we can all either... Celebrate and get excited about the team she's taken, or we can be critical. But, you know, I think it's just awesome of her to come in here in such a busy time in her (laughs) life at the moment. Absolutely. And
1: what we can all be absolutely assured of is that this process was incredibly thorough. It started four years ago um, and, you know, it's culminating in this selection of the team. And I agree with her. It was great to hear her speak about the toughness of this team. And that's when I look at each individual athlete that has been put into this team they are fighters yes, and you know that they are going to be scrapping no matter what the situation and that is what I love no matter how dirty the poms are
0: (laughs) they're going to be scrapping and that's what we love and I
1: absolutely love that B, it's been a great episode again it's been so much fun to chat and I can't wait to do it again next week let's do it